This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the All You Can Heat On Air podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Jack Simone and Kenneth Wilson. Welcome back to another episode of the All You Can Heat On Air podcast. Uh, I am Jack Simone here with Kenneth Wilson, the two site experts at allyoucanheat.com, a uh, fan-sided website. And we're ready to talk some Miami Heat basketball. They finally finally got to play again. Kenneth, how you feeling? Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I can't express um, in words exactly what I'm feeling, but let's just say it's all good. It's, it's really, 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 really good. But it's only one preseason game, man. So, you know, don't want to get too high. Don't want to get too low. But I like what I saw. Exactly. Me too. It's not even about that for me right now. I'm just so glad to get to watch basketball again. Like it's been way too long since I've had basketball. I tried to get into baseball. We were talking about that a bit before uh, football. I'm watching the Pats. I, I'm a New England guy. So you know that. But to watch the Miami Heat go out there and play and play the way that they did. It was just it was so refreshing to see. Right. Because they came out. And I, I think I wrote about this in like my five takeaways from the game, which again, not too hot, not too cold. It's a preseason game. But they came out and looked, they didn't care that it was preseason. They wanted to win that game. They went out there and they won the game. Not that not only that, they dominated the game, right? They they came out and they took the Hawks and they just they, they beat him by like 30, right? It doesn't matter what time of year it is. The Miami Heat looked like they want to win basketball games. And that's the energy you like to see. Like you said, preseason game. But if that's a reflection of what we could get like amplified in the regular season, that's a great start to the year. I mean, I totally agree, man. And when you look at the way that they went about doing it um, from an all-over team perspective and early like this, you saw what you needed to see or at least a little bit of what you needed to see um, from everybody. And I don't want to spoil or step on our own toes here, but you saw a lot of what you needed to see from one guy in particular, which we'll get into a little later. But the way they just went about it, giving you what they needed to give you from every position and every angle at every spot and every sequence from every imaginable situation that you thought you see, that you wanted to see, and that you may have felt that the heat lacked prior to this season. And like I said, man, it, it, it should have excited you. But again, it's hard to place any kind of, I would say, quantitative or qualitative value on this because you look at the numbers and you look at what you saw and, you know, you, you think that those numbers are preseason numbers, so they won't end up mattering in the grand scheme of things. And you also have to take into account that the Hawks were playing their first game of the year, preseason contest. Trey Young went down, but he played about 18 or 19 minutes, so it's not, you know, quite certain he would have played much more than that anyway. Um, I mean, it's just, again, exciting, 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 but you want to temper your expectations because this isn't the real thing yet. But, again... How can you not love what you saw? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And like you're saying, Trey Young didn't play the full game. Clint Capella didn't play. Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter. The Hawks had injuries. It, it's whatever. But I'm focusing more on how well the Heat played rather than the fact that they beat the Hawks like that. And before we get into the star of the show, which is what we're going to talk about for the majority of this podcast, I, I did want to shout out if you guys get your thoughts on their performances. Caleb Martin came to play. Right. He only ended up scoring, I think, like 10, 11 points. But dude looked like he was ready. He he wants to be on the Miami Heat. He looked aggressive. He looked great on defense. He just looked like everything you want from a two-way player who obviously they can only play around 50 games with the team. But for those 50 games, the Heat will have an actual rotational piece, I think. And again, not too hot, but he looked like he's going to try very hard to get into that rotation when he can. 
a couple of things on Martin, man. Um, first of all, he's a perfect Miami Heat kind of guy. He's a lightning rod type of player. You're right, about 50 games or so. And um, I can promise you that those 50 games will come near the end of the season when the Heat, you know, need them the most. So when they're resting guys, but they also want a chance to compete, you bring up guys like him that may not be as talented as your regular guys, of course, but guys that are going to give you 197% of what they have when they're on the floor, which also always gives you a chance to win. When you're going to play defense like the Heat are going to want to play, and when you have a coach like Spo operating it all. So, I mean, when you're looking at a guy like Martin, like you said, you got him on a two-way deal. Um, to be quite frank with you, they got him on a steal for a two-way deal because he looks like he should be an end-of-the-rotation, end-of-the-bench guy. For somebody, if not the Miami Heat in that situation, but gladly they got him on a two-way deal. Um, and he's building towards something. He looks like a guy that wants to stick around. Um, and hopefully he can continue to build on what he did in that first preseason contest because based off his sheer effort, energy, and ability to go out there and just give everything every minute he's on the floor, he he adds something and he has value. And he definitely are the team that respect that kind of value more so than a lot of other teams. So he's going to play in meaningful minutes. That may not be 15, 20 minutes, but in a meaningful situation, especially later on in the season, he's going to give you seven to 12 key minutes and going to make one or two plays, whether that be a big block like he did or whether that be diving out of bounds for a ball to save it or, you know, he's the guy in the passing lanes making a big steal for an open court layup or something like that. That's that's what I expect to see from Martin because that's just the kind of guy he seems to be. Yeah, I remember watching him and his twin brother Cody in the March Madness tournament at Nevada, and they, they were just killing it. Dude, dude was a beast in college, so hopefully he can bring that same energy to the league. Uh, another shout-out, Kyle Lowry looked great in his first game as a Miami Heat. I mean, just purely from a playmaking perspective, you can see the difference that he's going to make on this team. Um, I, I just love the way he leads when he's on the court, and I, I think everyone knew that he would bring that to Miami, but just to see it in action was like a breath of fresh air. Right. You like what you saw from Lowry, I assume. Another situation where how could you not like what you saw from Lowry? Um, I mean, in short minutes, of course, as well. None of the guys that actually started played a ton of minutes. But you saw everything you need to see in those 15 minutes. Five points, four rebounds, seven assists. If you extrapolate that out to a regular game's worth of playing time, it's, of course, a triple double. So, I mean, what more can you want? I mean, you you. You signed the man to come in and do this. And Jimmy Butler wasn't on the court. So all of this was able to happen without him. And that's something that's key, too. You don't need Jimmy Butler on the court to still be a pretty good team. And that's important because Jimmy Butler has been such a huge part of what the Miami he has been able to do since he's been there that oftentimes you've seen him wear down or get tired in those crucial moments, whether that be late in the season, whether that be late in the finals against LeBron and him after, you know, the two games where he carried us, he didn't have anything left. And not that he didn't come out there and give it his all. It's just that it wasn't going because the man was physically worn, tired, and grinded down. So to have another guy who can come out there and make the heat go in a way that is not necessarily the same as Jimmy Butler, but resembles the production, that the way he makes them go, um, that's encouraging to see. But Spo hinted at it prior to the season that when it comes to Cal Laurie, his pace is something that's going to definitely be a game changer. I mean, and as you know, as we all know, Spo has been wanting to play with pace for years now, especially since the end of the big three era. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. We touched on it in our first episode. Kyle Lowry has been underrated, I think, for years. He was a six-time All-Star before missing out on the game last year. He's going to come to this team. He's going to bring that leadership, championship experience, which people uh, also underrate. So uh, I loved what we initially saw uh, and look forward to seeing more. And then the last shout-out I wanted to make before we get into the, the main subject here, um, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess both looked really good for guys that you're counting on to be a part of that end of the rotation. Vincent ended up with seven assists. He shot the ball well. Max Struess did what you wanted him to do. I know you wrote about Struess a little bit, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on those two guys, too. It, I appreciate the shout-out always, of course. That's why we're here. Uh, if you go to All You Can Hear, you can see that piece on Max Struess. is basically hinting towards his confidence, which I actually alluded to prior to the first preseason game because there was a quote from uh there was a quote from one of the guys one of the main guys i can't remember exactly who and i want to say it's ira winderman uh the sentinel but basically it was strew saying that he would do the three-point contest and the dunk contest if they let him i mean now mind you whether you actually want to see him that's another thing if you don't know about the sneaky athleticism though it's there it's there i mean everything you want is there but that kind of confidence to put that on wax, like, I mean, that that's, you know, it's, it's not mega, but it's the little things. You see a guy who is confident in his ability, but at the same time, he knows what it means to, I guess, express that confidence. Because if he expressed that confidence, he gives that belief to everybody else around him. And about Struis, I believe, and I've also written this, I wrote this probably about a month ago at the site. Uh, you can find it. Max Struess will be the barometer of the second unit. And that doesn't mean that he'll be the best player, but it's alluding to the same thing that Duncan does for the first unit in that not only will he create that spacing because he's not as good of a shooter flat out as Duncan is, but he's, 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 he's close. And his ability to pull up like off multiple platforms, off multiple moves, off of the many things that his versatility as a player allows him to do that Duncan doesn't necessarily have then that actually provides that same kind of impact. But here you go. When you're able to play that off of a guy like Tyler Hero, and then the next guy I'm going to get to in a quick second because you asked about Gabe Vincent, that adds so much more versatility because you're talking about three guys on that reserve unit, which is actually something I'm spoiling for myself because it's, it's a piece I have queued up. Um, you're talking about three guys on that reserve unit. If you're looking at Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, and Max Struess, who can all do a lot of the same things. So you're not necessarily going to know where the attack comes from. I'm not going to go too far into it because, like I said, I'm not going to spoil my own grapes. But that could be something brewing, too, that might lead to not only a very potent first unit, but perhaps one of the best reserve units in the league, especially when you add Uncle Daddy and uh, Marquise Morris into that, into that mix. Now, on Gabe Vincent... I'll be light because I don't want to take up too much more of the time. You deserve a voice too, Jack. Um, he showed you enough in the preseason game. And again, it's just a preseason game, but you only needed to see small things that gave you the confidence that he could be your primary backup point guard for a little while until Victor Oladipo gets back. And of course, well, what Tyler Hero showed you from a ball handling and increased strength perspective, they're going to share those duties on the second unit. So you're definitely confident. And, and Gabe Vincent being able to go out there and slot into your point guard role where him, Struess, and Tyler Hero will all realistically handle those ball handling creation duties from the top for the reserve guys because they all can get it done. All can get it done. Yeah, and I think as soon as we saw Vincent 
play really well for Team Nigeria uh, against Team USA. A lot of us thought, okay, maybe if he can do even a fraction of this consistently, backup point guard is not going to be a problem for him. And then obviously the Miami Heat went out. They said that we're going to make him the backup point guard. If he plays like this, you know, on a somewhat regular basis, I, I think it's very easy to say that he's going to be the full-time backup point guard. And then to back up your point on Struz, I was looking for that quote you found about the dunk contest, uh, and, and I just typed it into Twitter. Apparently he won uh, his college team's dunk contest in his freshman season. So that, that backs up your, your little point about athleticism. The boy there. got a little bounce. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little bounce. And there's this play that I always reference from last season, and I want Will Barton. And Will Barton fouled him hard, and Will Barton got. And if you look on Twitter, you can actually find it. Will Barton, Max Strews, hard foul. Because uh, he got a little fine from the league for that. But the only thing I can think of is Will Barton was like, Mm-mm, he's not about to do this to me. Because, I mean, Max Strews was about to put him on a poster. I'm talking hanging beside your bed, cereal, milk, looking up, smiling at it. Poster. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Struce got that. I mean, ho- hopefully we see a little something uh, in the preseason or even during the regular season. That'd be very entertaining. But uh, yeah, I think it's about time we get into our main topic of the day. I'm going to let you leave this off. I'm just going to say the name Tyler Hero, and I'm going to let you I'm going to let you take the reins to start here because boy, oh boy, did Tyler Hero do something special in that first preseason game. And again, can't get too hot. The man looked great. Tyler Hero looked phenomenal. So, do whatever you want to do with the advanced stats. I, I was looking for it to see if I could make it work or, or or what it meant. But the guy played 26 minutes and had 26 points. I don't know if it's a stat, but that's a point per minute, as they say, a PPM. And <laughs> um, no, seriously, I'm uh, I'm I'm a big eye test guy, but I do I do respect and acknowledge that. So that's just me poking fun at the things. Um, and I got another one for you for a guy if we have a little cleanup time just a wink wink so I'll reference back to that but no man the guy went off for 26 points in 26 minutes he did so on 9 of 12 shooting from the floor and 3 of 4 shooting from 3 also added 4 rebounds and 4 assists now you'll notice the dramatic pause not only was the guy multiple not only was the guy versatile not only was the guy efficient but he was explosive and he was in control. It's only one preseason game. I, I know. I, I understand that. It's only one preseason game. But didn't he say he was going to wake up those people that had been sleeping on him? I mean, I don't know, you know, what the future holds, and I hope it's more of this, but that's a hell of a nudge, Jack. Like, if that's not, you know, that annoying alarm clock, eh, you know what I mean? If that's not one of those, <laughs> then I don't know what that is. And when you look at the way he went about getting it done, operating from the top, operating from either wing, driving, kicking, throwing lobs to bam, throwing floaters, you know, side dribble, three-pointers. When you look at the way he got it done, you can't do anything but respect the work. Now, you have to continue to see it in order for you to believe that it's real. But just the fact that he was able to show you that as soon as he stepped back on the floor after saying everything he said this offseason, after everything that's been said about him in the last couple of seasons in this offseason, you have to respect the work at the very least. 100%. And I think the biggest thing for me 
was Tyler Hero's always had the confidence, right? Go back to his rookie season, the bubble, obviously the, the infamous snarl face or whatever he was trying to do uh, with, with that picture. He's always been confident. For me, this preseason game showed me that not only is he confident, but he's also comfortable now. He's comfortable and confident. Those are the two key words I'm going to use and continue to use in reference to Tyler here if he keeps playing like this. He looked so in control of what he was doing when he had the ball. He was making the plays. He knew what he wanted to do, and he was confident, but he wasn't so confident to the point where he was playing erratic, right? He, he was calm. He was comfortable, and, and he was making the right plays, and I think that's going to be the key for Tyler Hero, right? And and whether it's that the floater he showed off a few times versus the Hawks, whether it's throwing the oop to bam, like, like you said, whether it's even taking that nasty James Harden, Jason Tatum step back three uh, on the wing. Like the, the dude was doing whatever he wanted uh, to the Atlanta Hawks. He got the best of, of Bogdanovich a couple times too. It, it, it was just beautiful. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to try to get at with the comfortable thing? Well, it's funny you say that. I know exactly what you're trying to get at, but. He has this quote, and it's from Five Reasons Sports. That's the biggest thing for this year, getting lost in the game, playing free and having fun. That freedom is the comfort you allude to. That's a good um, word, too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty it's pretty much in this situation, at least, synonymous with the comfort. So, I mean, I was just, you know, using that appropriate point, but it's especially more powerful because those are words out of his mouth. You know what I mean? So, it's, it's a certain... Wo- and, and I don't I want to choose my words wisely, which is why I'm stumbling over them here. When you think about the word freedom and comfort, what is that from? Is it himself? Is it team expectations? Is it outside pressure? I mean, it doesn't matter, but I'm just thinking. Like what 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 is he what has been that pressure? Is it us? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting question, right? Um yeah. so to hear him say that. You can imagine that at the very least, it's a little bit of all of it and and that he's starting to overcome that at this point. You look at what you've seen thus far and you say to yourself, if he can figure it out, you can't even have a trajectory. If he can continue, if he can continue to operate like that. Now, again, it's only one preseason game. He's supposed to say that after a game like that. We don't know if that's true or not. I hope it's true. I mean, because if it's true, I saw you throw Jason Tatum in there. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) We're not going to poo-poo on the Celtics today. Um, No, I I mean, the sky's the limit for the guy, man. If If he really has his mindset thing worked out and if it's all being done for the right reason. And I, and I, and I referenced that quote about waking people up for a reason. Tyler was said a few things across his career where he's came across as kind of like very vengeful or he was motivated by the wrong thing. Um, I think that quote, it was aggressive, but it wasn't overly aggressive. You know what I mean? It was, I'm putting in the work. If you don't see it, it's only because you missed it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I just think that that's all important. I think it shows that he's maturing but not losing who he is as a player, if that makes sense. Like, he he's getting older. Dude is still only 21. Bingo, Jack. You get it. I was trying to build up yeah, to that. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you get exactly what I'm saying. Go ahead. 100%, yeah. He, he's still got this confidence. He's still got this aura to his game uh, like he's played with for his entire career. But he's just – he's getting older and realizing that 
the outside noise doesn't matter too much. And I think that's where the word comfortable comes when I say it. He is still the same player, but he's tuning out all the noise. Like this offseason was probably the worst for him uh, in his very short career in terms of trade buzz or, oh, Tyler Hero is going this. He's doing this. He needs to do this. And yet the first time he steps on the court since then, we see that he kind of has grown as a player. Right. He's kind of grown as not only a player, but as a person. Right. In the sense that he's not listening to it anymore, seemingly from that quote. And like you said, it's one preseason game. So for all you know, he's just saying that to the media and he's still the same person. But from the looks of it, from the sounds of it, he he's growing up and maturing into the player that everyone thought he could slash would be when he was in the bubble. And I, I I think that's a scary, scary sight for the rest of the league when it comes down to it. It's like a humble carelessness, a humble carelessness. You know what I mean? That's you great. Don't want yeah, him, yeah. You, you don't want him to lose his cockiness, right? His confidence. I mean, let's be frank. When he's on, it's a cockiness. And you can see it in his game. Not that he has to snarl at you every time. It's just the stuff that he does. You're like, did he just do that to me? So it's like a humble carelessness that you want him to have because that confidence is what makes him who he is. But you also need him to have the humility to understand when it's just what's going to happen when people say what they say about a bad play. And at the same time, he can't really care about it too much because he has to go and continue to be him. And just coming back off of everything and, you know, everything that was said about him, his defense, his arms were too short, his his wingspan wasn't great enough. He'll never be a great defender. He was a fluke in the bubble. Where's the offense? He's been figured out. He can't handle in pressure. He's he's becoming predictable. He can't shoot the three. Everything that was said about him. But uh, he started to address it at the very least. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that one. And I think the next step for him is just doing it consistently. Because that, that was another issue in the past like season or so. It's just him popping off one night and then being quiet the next night. And we're not going to see that till the regular season unless he you know does it again in this preseason game that I guess you can start to um draw the conclusion there but the next thing i wanted to ask you and talk about was not that i think it will necessarily but it is something you you could ask yourself do you think him transitioning to the bench is going to have any effect on it because obviously he got the start in the first preseason game you have to assume he's going to be the odd man out once jimmy butler comes back the the two questions i want to talk about in the sense are what do you think the difference is between him starting and him coming off the bench is slash like how will he play differently and second do you think there is a chance that he gets inserted into the starting lineup at any point this season let me answer the second question first i don't think there's a chance that he gets inserted into the starting lineup over anybody else that you saw because i do agree with you that when jimmy comes back he's probably the guy that goes back to the bench however i don't think that it'll impact him going back to the bench because Based on what you saw in that preseason game, he spent a lot of time operating as the main guy with, you know, mixed in, intermingled with reserve guys. Now, he did play with Cal Lohr because he was a starter, but Cal Lohr only played 15 minutes and he played 26 minutes. So that's at least, you know, a nine minute difference based off the math alone that Cal Lohr wasn't on the floor, that he was on the floor. So that's a reserve like situation and he was still productive in those minutes. You know what I mean? And you look at the things he was able to do from a creator's perspective specifically, and 
that's the thing that's really going to help him thrive on the second unit because he's always going to be able to get his offense off. But if he can handle, basically, in pressure long enough and strong enough, wait a minute, um, then he'll be able to create not only for himself but his teammates. And I think that's the thing that's been key for him being able to thrive in that second unit. And he'll be able to do that based on what we saw in the first preseason game. And again, I'm, we're not going to say this enough, people. The first preseason game, only one. And actually, we're recording this on the Thursday of the second preseason game. So we'll get a great chance to see if the consistency is there and if that thing that we saw in game one is a game-to-game thing. And again, it's only preseason. You want to see it in a regular year where things aren't so vanilla, where teams are scheming for you and where they're giving you everything they got. But at the same time, it's still, you know, small conclusions at the very least it can be drawn. So I'm looking for that, too. But I think that he'll be OK once he goes back to the reserves. And I do think that, you know, we have a chance to see if he can do it consistently tonight. It should be at least a good marker, as you hinted on. Yeah. And like you said, we're recording this before uh, Miami's game against the Rockets. And you guys are probably hearing this the morning after uh, if you're listening to it right when it comes out. So. Uh, We have not seen that game yet. We don't know what happens. But uh, I I think the other question in terms of Tyler Hero in his role on the team, um, arguably the more important thing is not who starts the game, but who finishes it. And Tyler Hero has the ability, if he's hot, to get in there, make clutch buckets and do that at the end of games. Who gets taken out of the lineup in that? It'll obviously be situational, right? Like if you need a stop, PJ Tucker will be in the game. If you need a bucket, maybe it's Tyler Hero. And I wrote about that when they signed P.J. Tucker. I think those two are the most interchangeable uh, in terms of end-of-the-game rotations. I-, I think there's value in each of them separately, depending on what the Miami Heat need uh, at-, at the end of the ball games. But do you think either one of them is going to be the more constant fixture at the end of games? Or do you think, like I said, it's going to be more fluid? I would say it'll be more fluid, but then you also probably see a lot of substitutions because you also have to realize there's a lot of situations where Duncan won't necessarily be the guy that's in the game. Because if you don't need a three, there'll be certain situations where you need guys who can go and get their own shot. Or you may need a bit of, you know, both ends. And you can always stick P.J. in that corner on the offensive side and count on him to knock down that three for his offense while you can definitely use his defense in those end-of-game clutch moments. But you need guys who can you know, do something above average on one end. And though Duncan can do that, he's a great shooter, like uh, even above, above average there, you may not always need a three where his defense or his lack of creative ability, so we know, because hopefully he adds that too, which is something else to discuss at some point. But his lack of creation ability thus far may allow you to even put Tyler in for him. I do think, especially once Oladipo comes back, I do think that those things will be something that will be situational and game dependent. But here's the beautiful thing, Jack. The mere fact that those are decisions that we have to make is only a beautiful thing. That's not a problem at all. Hey, that's not a problem. 100%. You always want more talent and then figure out what to do with it. And Spolstra, he can do that. He's done it in the past. He can do it again. Uh, I don't think there'll be an issue there. Um. I want to ask next, what do you think Tyler Hero's main role will be? And that sounds like a very vague question, but I'll specify a little bit. Um, You saw him as a playmaker off the bench with those guys as the quote-unquote main guy, like with that hypothetical bench rotation we talked about of, you know, Struce, Vincent, Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman in there. Uh, You can talk about him running with the starters, uh, with Lowry, with Butler, all those guys as a shot creator. 
I personally think that that's going to be his main role as a shot creator, a guy who can go out and create his own shot, get a bucket when he needs to, especially on the perimeter, because realistically, if you think about it, the only other guy who can create his own shot and make it consistently on the perimeter right now, uh, I would say it's Kyle Lowry, Struess, and um, Vincent have both showed flashes of doing that. But as perimeter shooters who can create their own shot, I think Hero is probably the top of the top on the team, uh, especially if he continues uh, to play this way. So what do you see as his main role? Because for me, it, it's that uh, perimeter shot creator. I've often described his floor as a supercharged, super Saiyan, Lou Williams, whichever term you want to use. And people kind of, you know, balk at that. But when you think about Lou Williams at his, at his peak, what he was was a guy who could come in and give you 20, 25 points on a whim off the bench just because. And he could give you a few dimes as your point guard. He wasn't going to really, you know, lock anybody up on defense, but he would hold his own. Well, Tyler's bigger. Tyler's getting stronger. And you hope that – that's why I also use the word supercharger, super saiyan, because you hope that Tyler can give you that defensive stuff. You hope that he can give you a little bit more on the playmaking side. He's shown you that for a guy of, you know, his size and at his position, he's an above-average rebounder, and that's even early across his career. So you you say that as his floor because he's basically a low-budget Lou Williams now. You know what I mean? Right now, even at the – point where people are wanting to say he had a down year last year he's right up under Lou Williams now and we, we said this last week loosely. yeah it, it, we said this last week Lou Williams first of three six man of the year years is almost identical to what Tyler Hero put up last year so exactly and I use the words low budget loosely because you know you, you like get those people say he's not Lou but you know just to kind of cover both ends at the very end he's a he's a he's a B he's a B grade Lou Williams now so you know, his absolute floor is a supercharged Lou Williams. But for me, what his role is this year is the best combination of Lou Williams and Vinny Johnson. Vinny, the microwave Johnson. That's what his role is. And I say that to say he's the guy to come in and be your best player off the bench. As I mentioned, Max Struess and what he does is going to allow Hero to take advantage of some prime primo matchups. And that's the whole point about him being the barometer and him allowing everybody else to do what they do because he's so versatile and can pull up from 40 and will do it in your face. And Hero can do that, but that's not necessarily a huge part of his game as it is Max's. And that's why that is the point. But when you got a guy like that playing beside you, and like I said, Gabe Vincent able to handle point guard responsibilities, but also able to knock down a jump shot off the wing, then that'll allow Hero not only to be that super, super six man. But he's the guy, like you said, that can come in and create plays on the perimeter like that. Like at the drop of a hat, he's ready to go. So I think his role is to come in to get buckets fast and to get plenty of them, to get shots up and do so at his own will. And he's going to have guys around him that can also help him out, which is only going to make him look better from a playmaker's perspective and definitely a scoring perspective because when you have other guys that can get it done around you, it makes your job easier because the defense can't focus in on you. Yeah, and you say the word defense, and that brings me to my next point. I do want to talk about um, hero ceiling this season, but I, I want to mention this first. Um, defensively speaking, I mean, you, you didn't see a ton. You saw him get that that great chase down block, I think, on Bogdanovich, uh, which was a nice little flash. He looks stronger he looks more athletic to me personally at least I, that's from what i'm seeing 
Do you think that's going to translate to the defensive end? Because from what I saw in that game, I feel like it might. I think we could see a little bit of a defensive jump from here this season. It has no choice but to translate. And that isn't saying that it's going to make him a outright better defender. But at the very least, that improved physicality, that improved physical aspect of his body, that improved strength is going to allow him to be able to throw himself more into, throw himself harder, provide at least a more solid physical presence of resistance against players, whereas they could bully him around, bump him off of them, go through him in the past. And that still may be the case with your bigger guys or your guys that are just tenacious or your broad shoulder guys, like your guy, Jason Tatum. I mean, that still may be the case if he finds himself matched up against him. But at the same time, it isn't going to be as easy. So just there from, again, to mention a key word in our talks today on air or from a physics perspective, it has to make him better there because he's thicker, he's stronger, he's more of a person. But also, man, when you bring up the blocks, what that shows to me, and, and mind you, that's something that he didn't have last year. He hasn't had that prior to this year, that thing, whatever you want to call that. Not only does it show you an improved explosiveness and improved athleticism, which has come with an improved strength in that body and that mass that we speak of, but it shows you an improved effort. He was willing to go get that. And the one he actually got was his second attempt. So that effort means a lot. That means everything. If defense is 60% 60% effort, 40% nuance. You have your great defenders like Tony Allen that can watch a belt buckle. Woo. A hot name these days. If you're listening to the pod on Thursday, then you're <laughs> going to know why Tony Allen is a hot name. Sorry, if you listen to uh, it on Friday, then, yeah, that's a tough one. I, 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 uh, that one. That one bothers me, man, but we're not going to go there. But guys like Tony Allen could watch your belt. Robert Covington, for a current guy in the league, Rocco. They're the guys that watch your belt buckle and know which way you're going before you actually go. I'm not saying that that's, you know what I mean, effort. No, that's the nuance. So that's 40% nuance, 60% effort on defense. And when you're seeing that kind of effort with an improved physicality, and especially when he's been hearing, hey, man, you need to pick up your defense. And especially when you play for the Miami Heat who are drilling that all the time, that's what they're built on, defense, effort hustle, want to, you're going to beat your guy on every play simply because you're going to outwork him. That's at the core of everything we do. When you play for that, I don't see how he can. Yeah, and again, with the team the Heat built, you don't need Tyler Hero to be an All-NBA defender, right? You need him to, like you said, be a shot creator, get buckets. But, but you even need him to be, be serviceable. Reliable. Serviceable. Exactly, exactly. That's all you need him to be, and from what I saw, I think that's very possible this season with the, the improvements he made uh, in terms of his, his body, his physical. But um, I, I do want to talk about his ceiling. Obviously, like we've been saying, one preseason game, can't get too high, can't get too low. But what do we feel in, for this season in particular? I'm not talking about career. What, what, what are we feeling about Tyler Hero's ceiling this season uh, on the Miami Heat? Well, I'm going to go from a numbers perspective, and then you can kind of give your answer or response, and then I'll frame it better from there. So when you look at his numbers last year, across 54 games and 15 games started, Tyler Hero averaged 15.1 points. He averaged five rebounds and 3.4 assists, 0.6 steals, and 0.3 blocks. So let's start with the blocks. 
I think he can get that up <laughs> to maybe about 0.7. Um, not quite one, because I don't know if he'll have those chase down opportunities every game. But I think he can get that up to 0.7, because as we've seen, there are games where he might go get two. So that, and that's important, because I think that's reflective of that effort. Um, and, and not that it definitely has anything that relates, but when you look at his rebounding, it shows that he has a knack for timing. And when you think about blocking shots, that's a timing thing. So I think that he realistically can get that up to 0.7. And you may look at that as being inconsequential. But if you take it back to the game against the Atlanta Hawks last season, and I'll stick to that game, that may have been the game that costed us the playoff seed. And that may have been the difference between the Heat facing the Hawks or the Knicks in the first round as opposed to the Bucks. And we all know how that ended. Um, that may be one of those game-changing plays. Who knows? Tyler, Goodwin is small. Hero can go get that up off the glass if he has this kind of effort. So, you know, the blocks may be consequential. Uh, of course, the steals and all that stuff with the renewed effort, more athleticism. He's a little quicker, a little faster. I think he can get that up a couple of percentage, eh, maybe a tenth of percentage point, not a whole one, but maybe from 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. I think with the ability to handle and pressure, he can actually get up to a whole four assists. So to go from 3.4 to four is an improvement because in his first season, he was at 2.2. So he went up a whole 1.2. I really think he can get to five, but I'm not going to put that pressure on him. So, matter of fact, I'll meet in the middle. Let's say he gets to four and a half assists. When it comes to the rebounds, like I said, I think he's a premium rebounder. So, for a guard of his ilk, even with his improved physicality, if he goes from five to maybe six boards, that's good for me because I think that's what he's capable of. I think he's a guy that's going to get you a couple of triple-doubles throughout the season because he's going to have games where he gets you nine or ten boards or close to the triple-double. And as far as the scoring, which I think is an important thing because that's what everybody looks at. I think he can realistically go from 15.1 points to 18 or 19 points a game this year. I really think that's in the cards. So let me meet in the middle again. I think just for three-number season average, and I'm putting it on wax so you guys can hold me to it. I'm either going to get crucified or crowned here. I know this. I think Tyler Hero can average 18 and a half points, six rebounds, and four and a half assists this year. 18 and a half points, six rebounds, and four and a half assists this year. Four and a half assists this year. Right. Now, let me ask you something, Jack, before you give me a take. Is those, are, are those numbers six man worthy? I think so. I think it depends on what other players do around the league, obviously. I think you're going to have Jordan Clarkson, uh, Joe Ingles out there in Utah, going to get some bids for it, I think. Um, Dennis Schroeder in Boston, if he comes off the bench, not to to back the Celtics, but there there are guys around the league who I think could rival it, but he, he should easily be top five in voting if he puts up those numbers, especially, and this is the key, if the Miami Heat are like a top three seed or top four seed in the East, I, that's the key, obviously, to winning any, winning any award. Um, and those numbers are right around what I was going to bring up for him. I think 18, 19, 17, maybe the floor, considering how much talent there is around him. Uh, for points, I think right around five rebounds, three, four assists is fair. I had a couple player comparisons. I think it's tough to gauge Tyler Hero because he is taller than most of the guys you want to compare him to. So there is that aspect to it with the rebounding. But I think if you're looking at guys his size, Tim Hardaway Jr. wouldn't be bad, especially after what we saw uh, in the playoffs last year from him. I think Jordan Clarkson, who was another guy I mentioned uh, since he's in that six man role. 
And I think now <laughs> maybe some Miami Heat fans are be offended by this because they don't usually think of this player as the level of player he is now. Terry Rozier in Charlotte last year put up 20 points, four assists, four rebounds on like insane shooting splits, like super efficient shooting splits. And I realistically think Tyler Hero could play a similar role on this Heat team that Terry Rozier did for the Hornets last year. Like Terry Rozier, uh, I can find the stats really quick right here. He shot 45% from the field, 39% from three. And like I said, average 20.4 points, 4.4 assists, 4.2 rebounds. And he is 6'3". So you add, I think around there, you add two inches to that for Tyler Hero. I think that's a really good comparison. That That's what I'm looking at. A, a Terry Rozier-esque season. Uh, and again, like I said, people don't usually look at Terry Rozier and think, you know, close to all-star. I, I thought those are all-star numbers. Like, realistically, they could have been so. That's my player comparison, and I would tend to agree uh, with those numbers you threw out there. Do you think the Terriers your comparison is crazy? I think it's pretty realistic, but I'd like to know your thoughts on that. So here's my thing. Terry Rozier, from a numbers perspective, in a certain part of the game is not crazy, but I think they get it done different way, in different ways. I think Terry Rozier really relies on his explosiveness and his quick twitch ability, his irky-jerkiness, like his ability to pull you one way and quickly go the other way. I think he relies on a lot of that. Well, I think Tyler Hero relies more on being smooth and fluid and a little more nifty. But if you want to look at the numbers perspective, I think you could maybe make a comparison there. On your second one, um, sorry, I couldn't remember who your second guy. I know your first guy was Tim Hardaway. And I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think Tim Hardaway is the creator that Tyler Hero is, especially not for other people. For himself, yeah. he can. But he's a little bit more perimeter oriented from a three point perspective as well. Um, who was your second guy again? Ike Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson, Utah. Okay, yes, Clarkson is more of a gunner. Yeah, Clarkson will, Clarkson will shoot it twenty times, and not that <laughs> hero won't, but Clarkson will shoot it twenty times in eighty games if he if 100%. you allow him to. So I, I I don't think none of those are really off. The guy that I think of. When I think of Tyler Hero, it's so tough. He, it's so tough. He isn't right. The guy I think of, he isn't in the league anymore. So for what it's worth, rock with me here, Brandon yeah. Roy. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, obviously, he's got he's got a little ways to go to get to that like upper echelon right. of Roy's career, but I, I see the mold. I definitely see the mold. Right. I mean, because when you think about even if you look at Brandon Roy's first two years, right. And again, not directly making a comparison, but you look at his first year, 16.8 points, 4.4 rebounds, and four assists. If you look at his second year, 19 points, 5.8 assists, 4.7 rebounds. Now, again, he had a bigger second-year jump than Tyler Hero, but his third year, 22.6 points, 5.1 rebounds, 4.7 assists. So those are right around those numbers, you know what I mean, in that third year where I think Tyler Hero could get to this year. So that and, and then when you look at the size perspective and then you look at the dual, you know what I mean? The dual nature combo guardish thing of it all. So now he was in those passing lanes from the very beginning. Don't don't get that twisted because um, he averaged one point two steals, one point one steals and one point one steals again in his third season. So that's something that I want Tyler Hero to get to. And again, it may not be a direct comparison at this moment because at his peak, Brandon Roy would give you buckets on buckets. Um, and that started to show itself in his second year where Tyler Hero did increase. He didn't go up as much as B-Roy did. But you hope that by the time you get to that third year, 
that they could be more closely aligned because I do see a lot of similarities in their game. Although, as you mentioned, and as we both been mentioning, only one preseason game, and he isn't mm-hmm. Brandon Roy yet. But if you want to think about a comparison, <laughs> that's a guy you could think about in terms of what you can see for him. That's the closest guy I can think of in the league or out of the league right yeah. now. I looked at a couple more because I didn't really consider looking at out of the league guys. I was thinking more in the league. Um, what do you think of Kevin Martin? I like that a little bit. It, it's very weird. I, I see it from like the six man perspective, like get you a bucket kind of thing. He's a little taller, but and then it, not Eric Gordon now, but like Eric Gordon a few years ago. I thought that I thought Eric Gordon too, right? But then I was like, <laughs> yo, the Houston situation has kind of turned me into maybe he's just he and Eric Gordon still has a little drive game with him. But yeah. he, he shoots the three a lot. But I, I swear I thought Eric Gordon, too. I swear I thought that. Now, the Kevin Martin thing, and maybe it's because his game is so wanky, it always throws me off. Yeah. But he was more of a three-point shooter, too. Yeah. He was a volume three-point shooter guy, and he used the dribble stuff to offset that, whereas I think Tyler Hero is more of a three-level guy. He's more of a true three-level guy. He really wants to use all three levels of the floor on the offensive side. Yeah, Hero's just so unique. It's really hard to find an exact comparison. I think Roy's a good one. I like the Eric Gordon one a lot, personally, too. So um, it, he'll just be Tyler Hero. He's just going to do him. He'll make his mold. Right. That's so we'll we'll see who the future Tyler Hero is, right? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that that's They're going to around... roast me for that one. They're going to roast me for that one. <laughs> that, that's around all I had uh, for today. I did want to give you a little bit of props on the Casey Apollo thing before we wrap up here. He was making a couple shots where I was, I was like, "He don't, don't start making these, KZ. You're gonna make me look foolish." But uh, yeah, I, I want to let you comment on the KZ thing real quick before we wrap here. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I'm, I, I, I got off one tweet. I got off one tweet on KZ, and that's because, <laughs> like, you know, um, one preseason game, man. You want to temper your expectations, but man, if you want to see somebody glow. You should have saw me glowing when KZ was knocking those shots down. Listen, the man's going to give you the all-around game, the defense. He can contribute a little bit handling the ball, half court, open court. Um, He can guard five different positions. He's going to give you that stuff. And as noted prior to the season, and Barry Jackson had it, uh, of the Harrow, Miami Harrow, KZ needs to shoot the three well. If he can hit a couple of threes a game, he's going to see the floor, and he's going to make an impact. So to see that, and again, preseason game one, you want to see more, and especially after the summer league, which everybody's going to bring up. Uh, it was very encouraging to see, needless to say. And I'll stop it there. But, you, man, <laughs> I was glowing like a Christmas tree. Yeah. He made a couple of them too, right? So it, it was nice. It, it was good. He had a, he, And the one he had, see, you did this, Jack. And the one he had from the top of the key where he hit the guy with a little move first. I yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, KZ. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was saying it too. I was like, oh man, this dude's about to make me look like a fool. Cause I, I was here in the offseason saying he doesn't deserve a roster spot, which I if he uh yeah, yeah. We we don't but have man, to get you too were being much honest, you were being honest about what you saw and giving your thoughts. So I don't blame you for that. Did I disagree? Absolutely. But I don't blame yeah. you for having a take because there are people who would disagree with my take, but don't blame me for thinking that because I'm just basing that of what I see and what I know to be the history of how the Miami Heat operate and what they look for in a player. I'll put it to you like this. Through all of that, he's still around now 
to have an opportunity to prove people right or wrong in the preseason. So obviously they saw some value somewhere. Yep. And and you're not the only one that felt that way. And you're not the only one that tried to let me know that I was wrong, but I won't call <laughs> out anybody. For sure. I, I'm still skeptical, obviously. One preseason game, like you said, doesn't mean much. One preseason, but, but yeah. I'm skeptical, brother, but it's encouraging, <laughs> right? Like you said, I, exactly. I'm still skeptical. But it's one preseason game, and you like to see something. Continue. Exactly. I guess we're I guess we're closing out now, man. We've been going yeah. about it. You still we don't have that's another about it. anyway. Yeah, yeah, you can okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean that's all I had for today. I think we covered a, a wide array of things uh from that first preseason game, even though it was only one preseason game, but there's there's plenty to talk about in it. Uh make sure to go read all the content at allyoucanheat.com. Uh follow all you can heat on Twitter, all you can heat one. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack Simone MBA. Uh and yeah, Kenneth, what you got? Yeah, man. Uh, where do you have an Instagram, Jack, that they can follow you at? Or? I do, I do. It's Jack T. Simone. I don't think I've posted on it in three years, but you can definitely follow me there if you feel obliged. <laughs> yeah, let's get the guy to post something on there. If you hit his follow button, maybe he'll post, guys. But anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at K said K. That's K underscore said S A I D underscore K Q U E again K underscore said underscore K. Q-U-E, and on Instagram, you can find me at I am K Sirius. That's I A M K C I R R U S. I am K Sirius on Instagram. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, appreciate the support on the first episode, and we'll keep it going uh, throughout this season. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.